0: Here, who's the tall person that sneaks in here and messes with the table? Good to see everybody. Um, I'm gonna, I wanna add one more announcement. Um, Damon, will we you raise your hand right there. You guys see Damien in the back? That's his wife, Brie. You raise your hand too, cause she's cool, and Damian, he's he's nobody without her. Um. But Damien, uh, we just kicked off our life groups last week, and Damien is leading a group here at the church. We have it scheduled for Thursday uh, at 6.30, and it's uh, just a a guy's group, a men's group. So our life groups, we had the kickoff a few weeks ago, but it's where we take the things that God is speaking to us on a Sunday, and then as we're working those things out uh, on the linear plane like we talked about last week, We have people in our lives that we talk about this stuff with others. That's what life groups are. It's where the rubber meets the road in our lives, and we're not meant to do it alone. We do it together. And um, it's been really cool to see a lot of you guys in here that God is doing amazing stuff in your life. And um, you need to bounce that stuff off of other people and talk it through. So I'm so pumped that Damien uh, wants to lead one just for the men. And uh, he was here Thursday, and... um, I, there was a couple people who couldn't come long story short it may not be the best night but guys i i want to see you we want to see you growing in what god has for you and and you your part is the commitment to do it with others and if you do the if you are seeking the lord and you are working stuff out in healthy rhythms of good community you'll be amazed at what god will do am i right so we want to have that available for, for some guys. So Damien's going to be available uh, in the connect corner, just in the back corner there, after service. If you're men, if you are not uh, connected into a life group, especially if you're a single guy, um, we, want to, we want you to be part of this. And we're going to do all that we can to make it at a time that works. So talk to Damien after church, and you guys get a time set up. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Because especially as I uh, move into um, the message today, the stuff that we're talking about, I mean always, God's word is the most relevant thing there is because uh, God created us and he has some stuff to say to us, to help us this uh, crazy thing we call life. But these six weeks as we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes, um, there is no realer words spoken to us to hit us right where we're at so we're calling this series this is week two of a series that we have titled the radical middle the radical middle this week i want to preach a message we want to uh we're going to have a message called the pursuit uh pleasure cruise pleasure cruise raise your hand audience participation if you liked science class in high school, oh, okay, a lot of science. Must be a Northwest thing. We only believe in science. It's like, it's like a skeleton. Raise your hand if you did not like science class in high school. Ugh. No way. I liked lunch. You know, it's funny, there's a saying we talked about last week. 39 times in the book, it says this thing under the sun. Under the sun, Solomon says. Something he says a few times as he says this there is an evil that I have seen under the sun. He's going to talk about something. As I was studying this week, and as we're going to look at for the next three, we're going to see Solomon do some science experiments. Science experiments, do you guys remember the scientific method? The scientific method. It's what you do for, 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 for whatever it is that you're trying to figure out an answer to. It's a five-step method. All the homeschool moms are like, please don't blow this. <laughs> I could see Chrissy right now going, yep, I know it. Um, it's a five-step method with a one-step response. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Check it out. Every scientific theory comes from the scientific method. Step number one, make an observation. This is what I observe. Step number two, ask a question. What is the, Solomon says, what is the point of life? It's meaningless. Uh, That's his answer. Step three, form a uh, hypothesis. Um, How about a theory? My theory is that if you if the Broncos start to win every game, they could still win the Super Bowl. Is that right? People are like, that is the worst theory of all time. Uh, number four, make a prediction based on your theory. Number five, test your theory, test it out, and number six, look at the results. And then, with as the sign, and then it doesn't become fact, but your theory is either strengthened or uh, it loses some validity. And then, what do you do? You do it again. Okay, now based on what I just learned, I'm going to do this next thing. Because now that I've learned this, I believe that if I do that, and then the cycle repeats itself. If you can keep the scientific theory in your mind as you are reading uh, Ecclesiastes, you're going to win. Did you guys read the first two chapters last week of our reading plan? It's kind of circular. He goes like this. But if you think about it, he says, what is the point under the sun? Actually, I think this is it. So, he, so we have uh, this morning. Check this out. Um, starting in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. Let me pray, and then we're going to read these verses. Father, thank you for this morning. As we open your word, Lord... And we see, um, we see the things that Solomon was going through. That was written for uh, our benefit. These many years later, we just want to tell you that um, that we want you to speak to us. That we, as this people of the bridge, we came to this place. Thank you for this building, by the way. Thank you for this place to come and call home and worship you and be together in the middle of this city that we love. And we came here this morning, Lord, and we want to tell you right now that we expect you to speak to us. We expect you to show us more of who you are. And we expect you to do, um, to do the things that only you can do in our lives. So, Lord, we open your Bible, your, your word, and we open our hearts, and uh, we invite you to speak to us. And if you agree with that prayer, please join me by saying, Amen. amen. All right. Let's look at Solomon's quest. The reason we're going to look at Solomon so closely is because I'm telling you, you do, whether you know it or not, you do the scientific method every day. You do. How many of you would believe me if I told you that I was a master um, at applied physics? Me, JJ. I have mastered, not mastered, but I'm a master at applied physics. You would say, no, you're not. I'll just say it for you. And I would say, actually, I am. You know why? Because I do tree work for a living. And when you look at what tree work is, it's actually applied physics. thought about it years later because when you engineer something, you build it. Applied physics is understanding why it works the way it does. Why does this thing, it takes this, it's setting up all these systems, these rope systems and rigging systems, and it's moving heavy objects. And you you start doing it from a little kid. When you have your toy digger in the yard and you start moving dirt and you realize how much effort and how much energy stuff takes, and over time it becomes your trade, and what you're actually doing, there's mathematical equations that you may just not have learned about it in the classroom. Your life is one science experiment after another. We just don't realize it sometimes. But we can learn some such some valuable tools as we look at Solomon's life. So here's Solomon's quest. What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning? What is there to be gained? Do you guys remember from last week? Under the sun. I don't have my, my dry erase board up here with me today, but we drew... a horizontal line we started here and we were born and then you move through life there's ups and downs we have some mountaintop experiences some valley experiences we go through life towards what we would say is the end of life on the linear plane the average in a western country 86 years so there things can be Different with health and diet and all of these things. But the average lifespan is 86 years. And Solomon is looking at this linear plane. And he's saying, what is the purpose? What is there to be gained if this is all there is? Under the sun, not in the sun, not uh, in a relationship with God, but just on your own. And he keeps coming up with, it's meaningless. And now he's going to get in and we're going to see some science experiments. And he starts with this one. Let's pick it up in... Chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 1, because here's what he's going to do. He makes an observation. He asks a question. Step 2, is there fulfillment in life apart from God? Then steps 3 and 4, his theory, he says this, I think I can find fulfillment and ultimate meaning on my own. And then he says this, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, so I said in my heart, come. Now I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. Step four in the scientific method is test the theory. I have a theory. Now I'm going to test it out. Did you see what Solomon says? He says, I will test. He says, okay, heart. Heart is uh, Bible words for um, your, your centrality of your person. It's like where you're the seat of your emotions when your heart it's kind of like another word for your spirit. I would say to my inner self, I will find meaning. I think I can get it from pleasure. So I'm going to test my heart with pleasure. Remember, Solomon didn't dabble. He grabbed the thing with both hands, wrestled it all the way to the ground. And at the end of each of these things, he has a conclusion. So he says of pleasure, this is what I'm going to do. The word pleasure um, really means a source of delight or joy, something that you love, something that you really like, something that brings you joy. could be a hobby. We'll see, what, it, what was it for Solomon? We're going to look at what he goes on to say, things that brought him great pleasure, Amusements and accomplishments. Amusements and accomplishments. Let's look at amusements. Verse 3. After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine while still seeking wisdom. I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. Okay this one you don't have to raise your hand all the way up. But you have to raise the hand of your heart. That means you raise. You go yeah that's me. But no one has to see it. How many of you have said this to yourself. I knew better than to do that. But I did it anyways. I said you don't have to raise your. Now everybody knows it was you. <laughs> you You do something. You, you're after that thing is done. You say this, I knew that I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyways. That's one thing to be after, but how about when it's before? When you think about something and you're like, I like this, I'm going to do it. I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. That's what Solomon is saying. He says, I am going to cheer my heart with wine. We could put drugs in there. This is what he's saying. Is there more enlightenment to have than just what I know like this? Maybe I should smoke a bunch of weed, and then I could understand things at a deeper level. Maybe there's something to be understood that I'm not currently getting if I can alter my mood Alter my state of being. Sound familiar? It's it's a very um, base thing at the at the core of humanity because apart from God, we're always searching for meaning. And so his is he's just taking personal inventory and writing some journal entries for us to read. And that's what he says. He's wants to be amused, so he cheer, tries to cheer his, his And and Solomon was bawling. He didn't drink. The cheap stuff. He was top shelf all the way. This is why it was the king. And we look at someone who had life dialed in as far as the world is concerned. And so we can look, see ourselves in his story. Plus, we can just see how it worked out for him. Another thing um, in this searching for enlightenment is what often starts out as fun Or a search turns out to be an escape from the very thing that you are searching for. Sometimes when we go on a little bit of a a journey with drugs, with alcohol, with some of these other things, it starts out as uh, trying to find parts of yourself. But it turns out to be an escape from the thing you were trying to find. You're trying to escape from reality. Anyone who's battled with addiction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he says this, there is no meaning. There is no emptiness, or there is no fulfillment, only emptiness. That's where addiction comes from. Because what you started out when you were searching for something and it felt good, you found pleasure. But it turns out to be empty, and so this weird thing in our mind says, well, if I do it again this way. Another science experiment. Oh, I just need to do it with friends. Oh no, I just need to do it more by myself. I need to do this drug or that drug. I need to be in this place. And it's this repetitive cycle that becomes that downward spiral we were talking about last week where we come to this place of going, it's meaningless. It's like I've been trying to grab a hold of something to give me identity and it's, there's nothing there. It's like grabbing smoke. So Solomon wanted to find out if drinking and parties were the best solution to the emptiness of life. And he found that alcohol did not take away the pain. He found out that trying to drink problems away doesn't actually work. They just maybe get postponed. Then we have amusement. Uh, Another thing in amusement is entertainment. Pick it up in verse 8. I also or skip down to verse 8, he says this, I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. Entertainment. I got singers, both men and women, many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great, and I surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. All my wisdom remained with me. When you see that all my wisdom remained with me, what he's saying is I was doing all of this stuff in a sense, even though I kind of knew what was going to happen. Because he had been walking with God his whole life, but he was still battling with meaning as his heart was turning away. And we'll see why it turned away. But he's saying like I knew better. Verse 10, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. He said for entertainment, he had singers and entertainers. Have you ever entertained the thought, if I just won the lottery, everything would be okay. Okay. What he's saying is, anything I wanted, I had. I had box seats to the Hawks every week. Kraken, part owner. Anything that he wanted, he had the best of. Celine Dion tickets, no problem for Solomon. I don't know. I heard she puts on a great show. Um, I'd go see her. The table by the window at the restaurant? Didn't need a reservation. It was always his. Entertainment, concubines. Now, if you read, what does that mean? It means um, booty calls on the regular. There was no sexual desire that couldn't have instant gratification with zero responsibility afterward. There was no strings attached. He was the king. So how many people are just like, if I could just cheer my life with pleasure, it would be okay. If I could be with whoever I want to be with. If I could just have some status. If the world just recognized who I am. Instant access to anything he wanted. Everybody knew who he was and check it out. Everyone either wanted to be with him or be like him. That is the mantra of our time. Be who you are, and if you're true enough to yourself, everyone will want to be with you or want to be like you. It's just not the way it works. So he says, "Here was all the entertainment. I tried to pleasure. I tried for pleasure. Then he moves from entertainment, and he doesn't even come to a conclusion yet. He's still testing, and he goes to his accomplishments. Back it up to verse 4 and check out what he said. He said, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kind of fruit trees. I made for myself pools from which, water, from which to water the forest of growing trees. Okay, just pause for a second because i got to tell you what that means. It's not like where we say, hey, I hired my buddy who's an excavator, operator, and they came out to my house, and they dug a hole, and we had some other people, and they filled it with concrete, and we added some plumbing and some jets. No, 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 no. What he's saying is when you made a pool, you had to find a creek, however far away that creek was, and then you had to take ele- If you wanted a pool here, Whatever your elevation is, let's say your elevation is 500 feet. Well, you have to go to some place that's higher than 500 feet because there were no pump systems, you used gravity. And so you would go and find a live body of water or a creek somewhere, a lake, and in order to get a pool here, you had to tap into the source there, and if there was no creek that existed, you built a creek. It's called an aqueduct. One of the most uh, amazing uh, engineering feats of the time was they were bridges but they weren't bridges for people they were bridges for water and you would bridge your water into your city to make a pool so you could kick it in the bath and be like look at that let's plant some trees so it took a lot of work his accomplishments look at what I did then he says I, verse 7 I bought male and female servants and, slave, and and had slaves who were born in my house. Meaning, he had p- people who answered to him generationally. And there were people born in his household. He, he was called Lord. That's what you called kings in the day. You watch old movies and you say, my Lord. And so he was the greatest around. He was the smartest. Doesn't say anything about his looks, but... I'm sure he was handsome. I also gathered. um, Let's see verse seven and a half. I also I had also great possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself gold and the treasure of kings of provinces. Then he says about the, king, the singers and stuff like that. First Kings is amazing. Jot it down. When you, if you want to learn more about Solomon, this isn't the only place he's, he's written about. If you go and read First Kings chapters 10 and 11, it talks tons about just his wealth and the stuff that he built and all these crazy cities, these fortified cities all over the places, and, and it, it talks a lot more detail. But what he's saying is, I was looking for pleasure and he said this, look at what I built. Look at who I am and look at what I have. That would bring so much pleasure and fulfillment to a person if we could just say, look at what I have. Look at this. You could sit back and look at all that you have and be like, oh, I'm doing so good. Or look at who I am. Everywhere I go, people meet me in the street and they're like, there goes a, a man of God. Or there goes like a cool person. I, I'm famous. That would be the ultimate. If I could just be famous. And everywhere I went, people would give me what I want. One of my most my favorite people that I've watched in the past few years go through quite a bit of public um, transformation is jim carrey i found years ago a saying that he wrote and i i saved it in my instagram feed but he said this he said i wish everybody would get everything they ever wanted everything their heart desired so they could see that it won't make you happy i'm paraphrasing but that's what he said and i was like hmm, that's interesting and then every once in a while you see stuff, because he doesn't act so much anymore, and he's, his life has totally changed, and he's kind of retired from acting, and you hear these interviews, you can find them on YouTube, and he's on a journey of sorts, but here's what he's, he was said, I had all this stuff, and he, he said, I am so tired of playing all these characters, and the, the character I'm tired of playing most is Jim Carrey. It's profound. He says, they were all characters. I was acting in all of them, especially in the real version of me. And he was just like, I, I've, I've come to realize I have enough. I am enough. It's pretty cool to watch, but it's not the norm. When he spoke of who I am, he says, I'm the boss of everything. Literally everything revolved around Solomon. The world revolved around him. And his wealth was unmatched. But here's the deal, regardless of what you build, who you are, or how much you have. There's this time of the day, every single day, when you're not around anybody. Doesn't matter who you woke up next to in your bed. Doesn't matter what kind of car you drove home from work. Doesn't matter how big of house or bed or physical dwelling place you woke up in. There's a time in the morning in the evening when there's nobody but you when it's just what i say you and the lord and in those moments the things that we search for in pleasure becomes the things that we try to escape that moment by doing those things why is it the people who have the most are often the most broken the people who chase fame and fortune, and it starts out as good. That's the problem with the linear life that we have. Pleasure was created by God, but we make it God, that that's what we're going to get our fulfillment from. And I can't answer what it's like for you when it's just you in the morning or in the evening, and there's no one around, and you think about your life, the relationships that you had have the way you treat people the way you think the way you really think about yourself that's why depression is so crazy in our country because we live in the place that is most driven by these things entertainment amusement and accomplishment yet we are off the charts when it comes to isolation depression self-harm because we know what we're reading here to be true. And then he talks a little bit about his work, but I'm not going to talk about his work today. We're going to spend a whole Sunday talking about work next week because it, it's, it's worth a whole Sunday talking about what it is to find your identity in your work. So, okay, step five. So he t- you step four, test your hypothesis. Test your theory. And he says, I tested it, baby. I almost broke it. I tried. I tested it as hard as I could. And then he says, this is the results. This is what I found out. In verse 11, then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it and like how much work it took. And behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So I turned to consider wisdom in madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. Then I saw there is more to gain in wisdom than in folly. And there is more to gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walked in darkness. And yet I perceived that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, What happens to the fool happens to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart this also is vanity. For the wise as the for, for of the wise as of the fool, there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that all the days to come will have long have been forgotten, how the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous for me for all is vanity and striving after the wind. Dude, that's so depressing. He comes to the end of this conclusion and this is what he says. (laughs) Chapter two. And this is what he says. I We like to say stuff like rock bottom. But when you're the king and the world revolves around you, there's no rock bottom that is visible to other people. It's rock star. It's like, that's why you read about all this stuff and then people are like, I attained this thing. And I wanted to kill myself. There was nothing in it for me. This thing that I thought would give me so much pleasure And I was just more broken afterwards. He looks at it. And this is the word I want you to see. He used it twice. In in verse 11. um, And verse 12. The word was consider. Consider. It means to take an honest look at something. And what he found is that the pursuit of these things turned his heart away from the Lord. Why? If you go back and you read uh, verses 4 through 8, there's something that is said five times, and it was this, for myself. I built vineyards for myself. I got these people for myself. I said to myself, I will get this for myself. Solomon says in this conclusion that when he lived for himself, there was always something missing. Spoiler alert. That something missing can't be found under the sun. If I had my whiteboard up here, maybe I'll bring it back next week. I have the horizontal line, and we're all on it, remember? There's different ages, there's different experiences, but we all have this common experience that we are living this life under the sun where we are born and we're going to physically die at some point. And the world says, this is what you got. Make the most of it. And we're like, well, if I'm going to make the most of it, I'm going to do what feels good. The problem is, if you live in the pursuit of pleasure, there will always be something missing. And it can't be found under the sun because the something that was missing comes from a connection to the vertical. It comes from a connection to the Son. That's why we talk about wanting to have constant connection with Jesus, with his word, with other believers, because we're walking this path, and the devil would just have you be like, oh, let's just try something else. You know, that relationship worked for a while, but you're right, their hair is weird now, so you should leave them and find someone whose hair is not as weird and, and then until that person kind of smells funny, and then you're, that's always something that we're looking for. Because when you live for yourself, you are actually going against the way that you were created to live. The problem is under the sun, a lot of people don't know that they were created to live this life. They sort of just think that there they are, So might as well make the best of it. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it may be a newsflash to you, you were created. You have someone, the God of the Bible, saw who you were going to be before before your parents ever thought of anything. And his desire was that you are one of his masterpieces. And the devil's desire is to try to get you to basically say this. I'm going to do my own thing because I know what's best for me. It's his playbook. He's been doing it from the beginning. And Jesus would just have you, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm with you the whole ways. I can show you things that you've been searching for that I promise. He would say, I promise you'll never find it, but it's only ever been his desire to show it to you. Completion, fulfillment. Sometimes fulfillment comes from saying no to pleasure because you know what's not good for you. Sometimes it's enjoying the things that God has freely given, but it's not in the thing itself. So Solomon's conclusion as he examines the results of finding purpose. He says this. Skip down to chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple of verses and we'll hang it up. Solomon's conclusion. Conclusion. Verse 24. He says this. There is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or drink or have enjoyment? See, this is when you're reading, you guys, when you're reading through Ecclesiastes. These are the verses that, are, that can be confusing because you're like, He's on this like downward spiral. We're tracking with Solomon. He says all this stuff. He's like, it's meaningless. And then he throws a verse in like this where he says, there is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. You're like, wait a minute. He was just talking about under the sun. Everything is vanity. Now this is from the hand of God. He says he has his wisdom, but he's acting foolishly. So what is true? What do we believe? What do we... These are the little nuggets that I was telling you about, that as you go through, interweaved in the book of, of uh, Ecclesiastes, these well-driven nails, these gold nuggets of truth that we want to grab a hold of and apply them and think about them. Also, in, uh, in, in chapter 3, he says this in verse 11. Or, excuse me, starting in verse 10, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, so that he cannot find, cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. And I perceive there is nothing better for them to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift man why does pleasure not satisfy because it's it's self-seeking it goes against the way we were created to live it comes from the theory that says fulfillment comes from within happiness meaning comes from attaining more But this theory has been proven again and again and again to be false through many people's science experiments, especially the one we're reading here. What Solomon concludes is that the meaning of life, true happiness, is not about getting more stuff to enjoy. It's about having the capacity to enjoy what you have. That's what he's saying here. Here's the problem with this. Is it starts this mindset. Especially if you've had a problem with pleasure. Because there's an evil I have seen under the sun in my own life. I don't know how to properly engage with pleasure. I overdo it and we're like, oh, pleasure is bad. So we say, we cut it off and we say, pleasure is bad. This has been another Evil, The other extreme. When we're trying to chase life on the mountaintop and it becomes empty, we put those mountaintop experiences and we throw them in the gutter and then we say stuff to people like all the things, right? So if you have a problem with alcohol and you're like the, I'm not going to take a shot of tequila, I'm going to eat the worm type of person, then alcohol would be an unhealthy Pursuit of pleasure for you. But saying that alcohol is evil is an unbalanced perspective on the other side because it's not evil. Your relationship with it is very unhealthy. But sometimes when we do something personally and we find that it is meaningless. We throw it in the gutter like Solomon does, and he was like, I pursued pleasure, and he goes, it's all worthless, it's meaningless, it's pointless, but he's missing the point on the extreme side of the other end. It's not that pleasure is bad, it's that we don't know how to do it. Um, We don't know how to engage it in a healthy way. And we don't want to be those people because Solomon says, I perceive that here's here's fulfillment. Enjoy where you are. Understand that what you have is good enough. Understand that who you are is good enough. Understand that what you have is good enough. That's the base of where you need to be. Because fulfillment can never be found in what you think you want until it is found in what you know you have. Can I say that again? Because I really believe it. And I think, it's a, I think it is a key to people who are content. You meet people who are content because fulfillment can't be found in what you think you want until it is found in what you already have thank you God for my car it may be a 1989 four speed Honda Civic with no AC and the windshield wipers break when it's raining so I gotta drive with my hand out the window like this oh that's my story not yours but I could get where I needed to go thank you God for our little place that, that we can come home to when our kids were born that were renting from this person it was our home did we own it nope was it our home absolutely god thank you for this group of people that i get to do life with are they do they look like you not really do they all have the same story as you nope but this is a group of people that god has entrusted to me and to you to love and serve and if you're like oh I'm just looking for some other people. If I go find some other people that look more like me or have more money or do all this stuff, then I'll be happy. No, you won't. Because fulfillment, contentment, strength comes from connecting with Jesus and connecting with him comes in form of gratitude. It's not that you're not going to have more eventually, but it's when you have the more, will you have the capacity to understand to appreciate, to enjoy, or will it just be another tick in the, in the system that you have to get past that to get to the more? What I want for you is all that God would have for you. I, want, I would love for you to have a dream, start a business, and make a ton of money and leave generational wealth to your families, but if your mindset is what you can get, you'll never be happy. You won't be satisfied. But if you can start with where you are, and then you put that into practice, and then you take a step forward. God is with you. You're seeking him in his word. Lord, where does contentment come from? You take the next step. You get a new job. Maybe you buy that new car. You do the next thing in pleasure. You start dating that person. That person is not your source of identity, but you're moving forward with the proper understanding of all things come from God. Do you guys see what I'm saying? That's the radical middle. That's why we call it the radical middle. It's not, if I just get to this place in life, this much money, this much stuff, all of that, life will be good. And it's not over here just being like, it doesn't matter what I do. Nothing's going to work. I'm just unhappy. Life sucks. And I'm over it. That's, they're both wrong and both unhealthy. Jesus is saying, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to give you hope, future, good things, but every pathway forward starts right where you're at. And so you have to have the proper understanding of where you're at before you move forward. We'll end with what he said right here. Verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time and he has put eternity into man's heart, so yet he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. Did you know, whether you know it or not, whether you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, or, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's so many bad things that, that the world would say. People are like, are you a Christian? And you're like, yeah. And immediately, you're like, on a, it's like bad, you know, because people have been hurt by other people people who try to try to follow and bear the name of Jesus we screw up and we like hurt people and we tell lies and we get all off track by trying to pursue things but regardless if you know Jesus or not if you're trying to follow him or not you have eternal things woven into your DNA so there are things you will never find on the linear plane certain the meaning the depth of connection that God has placed in you until you know the person who put it there you may love the outdoors and you have such a connection with nature when you're out in the mountains there's a deeper level of connection in the person who created those mountains than the mountains have themselves you may see other people and find that the beauty of the human body amazing and love relationships, there's a deeper connection to be made, the one who created those things. It says he has put eternity into your heart. My hope, my prayer, is that as we go th- continue to go through Ecclesiastes and we have life groups together, that we would be brave enough and honest enough to talk about where we're at on the linear plane in life, the horizontal what God is doing, and that we could look for these connection points throughout the week, throughout the days, on the weekends when we're together, and we can understand whatever we do is temporary. There's ups, there's downs, there's good, there's bad. Whatever we do is temporary. Whatever God does eternal. And the radical middle is living in that place of healthy rhythms of connection. The radical middle is not a position, it's a perspective. It's not a place you have to go, it's an understanding that we want to have. So let's pray. And I would say to you this week, go out there and live life, the life that God has given you under this sun. I hope there's some fun involved. I hope there is pleasure experienced. But I would say to you, and I'm saying to myself, I wrote it down at the end of the notes. It says, enjoy your life, but don't let life rule you. Don't let life and the pursuit of things dictate who I am. Let who I am help navigate the course of the things that are laid out in front of me. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this great word from Scripture. I know there's some hard words in there. I know there's some things that, Um, that we maybe even need to think about in a deeper way and discuss with people in our lives that are there things that are, uh, are there pursuits that are out of order and that are unhealthy and that are causing more harm than good in our lives? That's a great question to ask. And um, so, Lord, we just give you kind of uh, the authority and the room to make some assessments in our hearts. To just kind of look and And help lead us down what you would call paths of righteousness. Paths of rightness that would help us to become stronger. That would help us to know you more. Lord, I want to pray this prayer over our church. That we would grow um, in our capacity that we would grow in our capacity to enjoy what we have. So we just want to say, thank you, Lord, for life. For this day, it doesn't take away the hard stuff that's going on, but thank you for this day. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. For the parents and families in this room, but I want to, on, on their behalf and our behalf, thank you for these kids that you have entrusted to us. Lord, we really like don't totally know what we're doing and we need your help. These kids are gifts and we want to see them following you. So help us to have the capacity that we could lead with grace and thanksgiving in our own hearts. May we be a people this week that are represented from this church, that in our places of work or in school, wherever it is, that we would be people marked by a steadfastness, a content spirit, not because of what we have, but because of whose we are. And if there's a person in this room right now that your life is up and down, it ebbs and flows when the, with the stock market or with status or with, material things and you're tired of the roller coaster there is rest for you Jesus says if you are burdened if you are weighed down he says if you come to me I will give you rest for your soul that's the rest that you're trying to the thing that you're trying to fulfill by escaping the hardships of life but that rest is only found in the one who created you And so I just want to pray a prayer for anyone who's just tired of striving, who heard this stuff from Solomon and you're like, man, that's me. And if that's you and the ups and downs and it's just ruling your life and you're over it and you're like, it's meaningless, I don't want this anymore. There's always this invitation to Jesus that you would just lay that down. It's called repentance is the Bible word, but it, it, what it means is that you would stop looking to that for who you are and start looking to Jesus for who you are. And so if that's you this morning and you're just needing refreshment, I want to pray for you. Just ask that you would raise a hand up in the air so I could see that there's someone here who's identifying with that. Awesome. I got you. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah yeah good sweet oh I'm proud of each one of those hands I know that's a, that's a tough thing to admit but let me just tell you as the best thing you can do cause those that are willing to ask the hard questions and, uh, and seek the right way forward God has amazing things in store for you so let's end with this prayer Lord thank you for the people of the Bridge Community Church For this group of people that you have brought together for such a time as this. And I want to pray for each one of those hands that went up. Lord, would you fill them with your spirit? In order to be filled with God's spirit, you just have to say, Lord, I want your way. Please come into my life and give me true fulfillment. It's just saying, I've been chasing stuff and I'm empty and I don't want this anymore. I want what you have. And he will come in and he will do a new work and he will show you what contentment is. He will show you what fulfillment is. And so, Lord, we pray for each one of those. Thank you for their bravery, for their courage and their um, honesty to admit that, yeah, here's some stuff that it's just not working. I want something else. So, Lord, we are Your people, and we need You, and we love You, and we look to You, and we sing the song in response. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us and sing? With-